Welcome back to part two of how to be human, find identity, gel with purpose and achieve your life's mission. Last video, we talked about the idea of you being made in God's image and the powerful truth about how that uh, impacts the way you see life as you seek to be a reflection of an ultimate transcendent reality, which is not about you. We also talked about the strong biological impulse changes and brain changes that happen that shape your personality based on the way you see what it is that you're reflecting. And those are powerful truths that you could internalize and use and capitalize on to actually change your life if you're experiencing deep challenges. Video number two, that's this one. We're going to be talking about the fact that not only are you a human being made in God's image, designed and sought after to reflect him, but you have a job to do. And that job could be best summed up in Genesis chapter 1 and 2 and the rest of the Bible as a priestly function. There are other jobs too, and we're going to talk about that in video number 3. But this one today, we're going to talk about your function as a priest. Let me ask you a question. Do you move through this life seeing this world, this universe, this cosmos as a sacred temple, a sacred space? called, designed, and ordained in life to live and respond a certain way like a priest in a temple. Just think about that. It has dramatic ramifications for the way you could live your life. And the essence of living life as a priest is summed up in this one word, worship. And worship doesn't just mean liturgical acts and, and singing and rituals and bells and smells and candles, but worship actually means this. The biblical words for worship all relate to the idea of allegiance to a king. They found their genesis in their political world before they became religious words. And, and to worship at the heart of it is to express and to live in, live out of allegiance to a particular king. So this is not just about religious behaviors. This is about the orientation of one's entire life. Now, a human being is made to reflect God, but they are also designed as a priest to reflect God and then live in this cosmos as a priest and a king. Worship is about living life as a priest. Well, this is interesting because at the heart of it is an answer to this question, who is the king of your life? If you see yourself as a priest, then what you understand is God is the king of my life and my job is to reflect and serve him, worship him, have my orientation of my life leaning towards him. And then seeing the rest of this created world as a sacred space, a sacred temple, and it's my job to continue to serve and protect and cultivate the sacredness of everything around me. Well, this is fascinating because uh, in your natural state, you as a human, you're a collection of systems. And you could be described by psychoanalysts <laughs> as a collection of systems, a collection of systems that seek to be autonomous or quasi-autonomous, that want to come to the fore of your life and rule over you and have dominance. There are emotional systems, your fight or flight system for argument's sake. There are appetites, there are desires, there are autonomic systems, which means the more you perform a certain action, thought, choice, behavior, uh, the more you do it, the more it becomes automatic in your life and your autonomic system takes over that. And then you don't have to think about it anymore. It's just an automatic default behavior. Think about the application for that for human life. Now you're a collection of systems and these systems want control. So when you're hungry, your hunger wants to block out everything else and try to make you a little bit hangry. And now uh, that's the one thing. It'll block out all other values and important things in your life sometimes. And then suddenly the only thing that matters is food, food, food. And we have other desires which are even more compelling than that. The thing to note about this collection of systems that you are is that they vie for dominance and they seek to constantly trick you and have you relinquish control of your life to these systems. And our physical appetites and desires are just so compelling sometimes, aren't they? And the amount of men and women I've talked to in my life that have said the ground zero of this problem they've been wrestling with is the fact that they were so compelled to relinquish control to this 
system that was an operation. Now, note the difference between relinquishing control and being controlled, because the truth is control is always something you relinquish, and your systems, your internal world, your desires and appetites, they make a compelling case to you to relinquish control. And it's so compelling that it often feels deceptively like control is being wrested from you, and now something else is controlling you. But the truth of the matter is, it's always that control is relinquished. But because we love denial and the pain of admitting that we ourselves have relinquished control to create this issue uh, is masked often by this clever trick our brain plays on us, which tells us, I was out of control, I lost control, it made me do it, the devil made me do it. These systems have pros. The pros are they've helped you survive this long. Your systems have stopped you from starving to death, dehydrating, or being eaten by lions. But they also have cons, and the cons are that not only do they seek to control you when they are in control, when you relinquish control to certain systems in life, uh, those ones begin, they can possibly take you away down a path that's uh, diametrically opposed to the highest aims, goals, endeavors, and values of your life. They can undermine the of your life, can't they? Because they can do incredible damage when you live being ruled by the systems of your life. The other cons are they war against each other, which can be greatly confusing. Some One system wants to do this, one system wants to do another thing, and suddenly you can find yourself the, this, this person who has an internal war going on, not really know which way they're going in life because all, they're all over the place depending on the whims uh, that, that, that surface. So just think of that. In your own natural human state, psychologists can tell us, uh, you are a collection of systems systems warring for dominance. Well, the Bible calls that collection of systems warring for dominance something different. It calls it the sinful nature, otherwise known as the flesh, a human being in their natural state, unredeemed and not living out a life of posture that says, I'm a priest and the king of my life is God, but a person who says, well, I'm going to be my own God. I'm going to be my own king. And in reality, what they're doing is enthroning themselves or these systems that dominate and uh, any system at any time can be the thing that's king of the castle. So the Bible teaches us, yes, we have these systems, but it also teaches us we can walk a pathway called salvation. And the pathway of salvation is where I relinquish control from myself and wrest control from those systems and give it over to God and say, you're my king. And the orientation of my life is not governed by my systems and hungers and appetites and desires, but it's governed by the king of the universe. That's what makes me a priest, putting God, the king in charge of my life. Interestingly, the psychologists, the psychoanalysts, and Carl Jung was a great one, um, told us, that not only are you a collection of these quasi-autonomous systems vying for dominance, but in fact, uh, what you can do and what you should seek to do is you should seek to consciously acknowledge those systems, consciously understand what systems are in operation in your life, and then unify and align them and bring them together somehow. So rather than being controlled by them and have them subvert your destiny or have them cause confusion in your life by you being all over the shop like a boat blown about in a storm, but actually align and unify those systems under something that is in charge so that you can have a productive life that's not fragmented. Well, according to Carl Jung, the best thing to do was to take all these systems and align and unify them under a thing called a meta-narrative. Embrace an overarching story and marinate yourself in that story. Buy into that story. Consciously adopt that story. And, and, and by the way, unconsciously, we've all adopted all kinds of stories and your life history has caused you to build a whole pattern that is a response to the stories that already are your meta-narrative. But the question 
question is, are they conscious? And have you examined that story? Have you examined that meta narrative? Or do you need to be rescued from it and embrace something greater that will give you a more productive and flourishing life? The essence of being a priest reflecting God's image is to take God's meta narrative and making God's story your overarching story. Making God's story the thing that aligns and unifies everything in your life. That's really what salvation is when you receive a work of an amazing grace in your life where God comes and says, I will now step onto the throne of your life and my story will now become your story and it will now align and unify your systems so that they take you down the pathway. My story has got planned out for you and you'll be absorbed and integrated into the story. More importantly, the story can be absorbed and integrated into you. Now, the Genesis idea is that you're a priest made in God's image and that what you should do is understand God and God's story, internalize that story, take all of your reflection from God and then seek to respond. Let all of life be a response to that reflection, showing what you have been shown. So worship primarily consists in placing God in the place of king in your life. This process, this embracing of the story, this emplacement of God as king of your life will have dramatic and obvious ramifications for your entire life and your behaviors. And according to Carl Jung, it will unify all the systems that have been warring for dominance beneath the waterline of your life. So one of the things we've got to do as men is we've got to say, you know what, I've got to begin to see life in a new way. I've got to see myself as a priest. I've got to see myself as somebody called to reflect who God is. 